0: It's really exciting because, yes, the Bears are 3-10. and 10, Not a lot to celebrate there. But at the same time, it's really hard not to be optimistic about the future because you look at, obviously, with this offseason coming up, you have your franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. You're going to get a shot next year. Two more shots at the Packers next year.
1: How should Bears fans be feeling following yet another tough loss to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? And could there be a changing of the guard in this rivalry as soon as 2023? Well, thoughts on that here coming up later in the program, among all kinds of other things. But first and foremost, it's the Bears Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined by Alyssa Barbieri. Alyssa is the managing editor of USA Today's Bears Wire, Alyssa? How you doing this week?
0: I'm doing good. We have reached a bye week, which feels very weird, given that it's Week 14, yes. and I can't believe I've made it this long without a break. But we are here. We've made it, and there's only a month left after this.
1: It's. I mean, yeah, this the bye week this late in the year is BS. What the, what the hell's going on with I hate this? It. It's so late. It's so late. Yeah, it's so true. It's like getting ready for the fantasy playoffs here. It's like, wait, what, who's on a buy? This people are on a bye right now. Yeah, the Bears on a buy. So. Uh, that's not cool. Uh, but whatever. We we have to deal with it. The Bears are three and ten heading into their buys, so it's not like we're talking playoffs. I guess we, we got to start with our takeaways from another loss to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Alyssa. Right? I mean, unfortunately, uh... that's where we got to start. Uh, Matt Eberflus, first of all, can tell us all he wants that he's trying to do everything he can to win. Right, Alyssa. He keeps doing that. He keeps. And we, we keep giving him credit for saying that because we get it. You're a first-year head coach. You're not trying to lose. You're not trying to tank for the number two pick. We get it. We get it. We get it. But we all know what this game plan against the Packers was, right? Like, come on, Matt Eberflus. Don't mess with us. Don't try to twist our arm. Don't try to... Don't do the smoke screens and all that stuff. We, we see right through it. The game plan was to protect Justin Fields, right? <laughs> so it wasn't that it, Alyssa, from limiting his rushing attempts to uh, not allowing him to take a sack all game, which was pretty pretty impressive by the bears and their whole operation fields not sacked uh they kept him clean and i thought definitely a higher emphasis on the passing game pass protection in that whole thing and it was really and you know even fields rushing himself Alyssa, making sure he didn't take hits get down or just run away from the defense like you're so brilliant at and don't let them touch you that was another good play he made but i felt like priority number one we're gonna get Fields back out there, but he's not gonna get hurt. Okay, guys, that's priority number one. Then priority number two was still try to beat the Packers. <laughs> it was in that order.
0: Yeah, no, and I think my biggest concern, like heading into this game and yours as well, because uh, I remember texting you that I think that he was gonna be starting and I was like freaking out. And I'm cause of course, you know, you're worried about his health because you found your guy and there is nothing left to play for this season. I know they are playing the Packers and all of that, but you know, and, and I feel like my fears are like assuaged very early on. I, the offensive line played its best game uh, of the mm-hmm. season, which is really good for Justin Fields uh, coming off, off of that. And I think the only time I was actually nervous for Fields was when Luke Etsy made that play call in fourth and one for, for Fields to, for the QB keeper. And I'm like, why are you? And he had to like lead with his, his bad shoulder. And I'm like, why are you doing mm-hmm. this? Yep. Why? Like, yep. like no need for that. Other than that, I felt pretty good. And, I mean, I think the question was, is Fields his same self? And he proved pretty early on uh, that, yes, you know, hey, his legs are fine, right? It was the shoulder that was hurt uh, with that impressive 56-yard rushing touchdown. But, again, like you said – This game was all about featuring the passing game. I mean, this was his best passing game this season. It felt like his most complete game as a pro to this point. And it really provided a glimpse of what we can expect with Fields moving forward. I mean, you look at what he was able to do without Darnell Mooney. You know, Equinania St. Brown was his top guy. Chase Claypool got a little banged up there. Uh, And Fields is still just slinging it. And we got to see Nikhil Harry. Ryan, did you see that one catch that Harry made? It was Impressive. And I I was like, I need more of this. Right. I want to see more of him. But, you know, you got to see what Fields is doing with, you know, subpar talent. Now imagine what happens when you start putting pieces around him. Now imagine what he can do because, yeah, he can kill you with his legs. But, you know, we've been saying this all season. People forgot that he could throw a really good deep ball. That's what he did at Ohio State. He didn't run a lot. Like he, It's kind of like he's discovered this new part of his game where he can absolutely burn defenses in the NFL with his legs, but he can also sling the rock too. So, I mean, when you put that together and if you get the talent around him, man, he's going to be dangerous. And this offense could probably be one of the best in the league.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, you look at it, Fields was in the pocket more, 80% completions ridiculous number right there. Efficient 254 passing yards season high. And this is what you should do when you're three and nine middling, not making the playoffs, looking ahead to next year, whatever we're doing here. Like you should work on stuff that you need to work on. And that's, that's, that's what I thought today. What like this week was right. Like I think, kind of lost in the commentary of shut fields down for the season. And Alyssa, you and I were both doing it, right? We're like, should we do this? We were talking about it. Now I will give myself credit and saying, if he's healthy and able to practice in full, fine, he can play. Uh, And I think they handled it the right way. Not the fourth and one sneak. I actually didn't realize that. I didn't think about it in real time, Alyssa. So thank God I have you because yes, that was Luke Getze. what are you doing? But we're going to get to him. We're going to get to Luke Getze. But I think something lost in the uh, commentary of Fields is that, okay, yeah, number one, if he's healthy and able to practice, is he really at more risk for injury than any other time during the year? Probably not. So he should probably play. But number two, we're we've been obsessed with the development of Justin Fields that he has to play to do that, right? And putting him in the pocket more like they had for this game plan stresses that. It stresses the whole passing game, right? It stresses Fields, the O-line, Getseed the play caller, the receivers. It, it stresses everyone, and I would think that's a good thing for Fields' development, right? Like, this is a good game for him to build on, right? Being that efficient with his passes, almost getting to 300 yards, Alyssa, we're not quite there yet, right? But I feel like when we're talking about the development of Fields, isn't this kind of game one we can look at and say, I kind of like how the Bears handled that late in the year when, when we were terrified that Fields was going to play and he was active. I kind of like the way they handled it in the end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yes, you know, we, I know definitely myself, I was like, okay, shut him down for the year because if he's not healthy, but again, you know, Matt Eberflew said Fields is a hundred percent. Fields said he was a hundred percent. He feels good. Obviously he just needs to protect, you know, his shoulder, and not take as many hits, which is hard to do considering, you know, before last week, the bears had given up the most sacks in the league at this point. So there is no safety in that pocket this season, but I mean, this was a really good game for his development because we saw him take that step forward in the passing game and, and against a pretty good passing defense. I think the Packers have a top five passing defense, if I'm not mistaken. And, and it's nothing new, really, because we've seen what Fields has been able to do, you know, mostly with his legs against some pretty good defenses like the Dolphins and the Cowboys and the Patriots. So. And now he was able to kind of air it out against a really good Packers secondary. Uh, so, I mean, it, it was impressive. And I think this was a game where, obviously, if he's healthy, you need him out there. Because this is, like you said, the best way to de- develop is getting those live game reps. There is just, I mean, there you you can't replace that. There's no replacing that. I mean, practicing completely different. So now you're going to have another four games as well to really get him to continue to take those steps forward. Especially now that he's, you know, he's healthy. Obviously, you don't want him to get hit in that shoulder. But now this is the perfect opportunity once you knew he was healthy to put him out there. Let him develop, let him go out there, you know, make some mistakes. Like the first interception wasn't on him. That was on St. Brown, uh, who didn't come back to the ball. And uh Fields and Iber actually kind of called him out for that in their yes. post-game press conferences, both agreed that, you know, I mean Jair, Jair Alexander is gonna he's gonna wanna jump those routes. And like, you know, Fields is like, you want your receiver to come back to the ball. Again, he's playing with Equinania St. Brown, who probably won't be on the team next year. Now you gotta get some, you know, better, a better support and cast around him. But that second interception was just him trying to force a big play. So, again, more learning experiences because it wasn't perfect. But, man, this was a really big and important game, I think, for him – uh, in terms of opening up the passing opening up the passing game although and I know we're going to get to Luke getzi in a bit do have some criticisms with some of the play calling and how they didn't do it and why they didn't do it more because he was just slinging it and I was I wanted to see it a little bit more he completed or he only attempted 25 passes so I mean this is a game where I felt like you know he could have maybe thrown 30 but then you have David Montgomery you know in the run game and you also have obviously Fields can use his legs a little bit so I mean you're gonna going to have a lot more balance with this offense because you don't have to lean on you know either the run or the pass now
1: yeah let's not waste any time let's let's get to luke Getzey because i have some thoughts on him as well <laughs> uh and just an aside fields is right to call out say brown receiver you have to come back to the ball you have to you can't yeah. sit there and wait for the ball to come because only bad things happen there so yeah the best quarterbacks the tom brady's of the world you will not be on the field if you don't come back to the ball. <laughs> so that is, he was right to say that. <laughs> I don't think he was calling out St. Brown. He's just saying, yeah, no, that no, you got to come to the ball. Um, but yeah, Luke Getzey, very interesting, right? Because, well, he was on the hot seat earlier in the year. Not, not that, you know, he was like going to get fired or anything, Alyssa, but like right, fans were not happy with Getzey early on in the year with his conservative play calling. And then all of a sudden he and the bears unleashed Justin Fields to basically let him do whatever he want, wanted and let him run. and, I think we're all like, wow, the offense is scoring all these points and moving the football. Great job, Luke Getze. We got to keep you with Justin Fields. And, that, and then the narrative changed. And this was an interesting one because of the game plan. And again, pri- priority number one was to get Fields out there and play a different way. They wanted to limit his rushing attempts, and they wanted to throw the ball more. And that put the onus back on Getze to call the right plays, right? Alyssa, like if you're going to throw it more and you're not going to get these hidden chunk plays by Fields in the run game you got to now make up for it. And what did we see? I think we re- he reverted back to conservative Getsy, right? <laughs> he did. And that's, that's not great, right? Definitely took his foot off the gas, uh, called a way more conservative game. I thought case in point, right? First drive of the second half, you're up 16 to 10. You force a Packer punt to open the third quarter. The Bears get uh, a 15-yard penalty on the punt return. So now you're starting at your own 42. You're in business. You're up six. Have a chance to go score and you, you know, get something going, put Aaron Rodgers in a tough spot. But you don't really go anywhere, right? You gain one yard on first down, trying to get Bayless Jones involved. You have a penalty on second down. Then you call a run play on second and 14. You do gain nine yards. Good job, David Montgomery. But now it's third and five near midfield, and the quick pass to Chase Claypool loses four yards you punt. So can we just maybe a little too conservative there, Alyssa? And then the big, the big one here, even more egregious. Is like, I think, a drive later or so. Now the Bears are up 19-17 because Green Bay has come down and scored. I think both teams have scored. The Bears a field goal, the Packers a touchdown. So now it's 19-17 Bears, and you hit the big plate in Keel Harry, as you mentioned earlier, Alyssa. So now you're inside the Green Bay 30. Well, fast forward, we get down to a third and five from the 23. There's twelve thirty two left in the fourth quarter. Again, we're up by two. Uh, you're already in easy field goal territory. There's no, you know, there's no need to be really conservative there on third down, Alyssa, unless you're worried about a turnover or something. But again, we're 3-9. and nine. So this is a, a chance for Getsey to go to his bag of tricks, Call, like, have no fear, go for points, like let fields throw. No, we run it right guard for one yard with McCubrey and then kick the field goal. Or try to, right? It was blocked. So, I mean, this is... I don't blame fans for scratching their heads and being pissed about this, Alyssa, because, yeah, he did revert back to conservative getsy not saying he should be fired uh but it's been an up and down year to say the least for getsy
0: yeah, definitely. Just like with with Fields, right? You know, uh, obviously, but Fields, you know, kind of just kind of been on a constant upward trajectory where Luke gets, he's a little bit up and down. And we, again, have to remind ourselves he's a first-year play caller. And, you know, it's also a reminder that, you know, he still has a lot of work to do, right? Uh, especially when it comes to situational play calling. I think that's been evident all season, especially in the red zone. We were talking about it from the beginning of the season and it's still rearing its ugly head. So, I mean, remember a couple of weeks ago, we were a little worried about maybe Luke Getze getting a head coaching interview or an opportunity. I mean, I think we're safe for another year at least because he does have some more work to do. But yeah, to kind of you know talk about those two specifically, the, the field goal and the blocked field goal. I mean, it just felt like they were playing not to lose. They were playing for the field goal. And I know they can run the ball. We know they can run the ball. They've been able to do that all season long. So I don't blame him for wanting to do that. But it's like he forgot that Justin Fields has just been slinging it all game and has been accurate and he's feeling it and in that situation when it matters most you really want to put the ball in your best player's hands so i was really disappointed with those play calls and especially the one where it felt like you know again playing for the field goal and it was blocked and it felt like we were talking about it before uh before we hopped on here about how it felt like karma for you know lose, uh, for that to be blocked and losing the game because just go for it right what do you have to lose sitting at 3 and 9 like you're just going to run the ball and some of these play calls I mean, it it was head scratching, you know, I mean, but at the same time, we have to remember Luke Getzey has done a great job with Fields uh, in his development this season. So, yes, there are still going to be some up and down moments with Luke Getzey. And this just wasn't his best day at the office.
1: No, it's like you're playing Aaron Rodgers. Can we just go score some points and beat him? And then he's not doing his thing in postgame like we we had to listen to. We'll play some sound here coming up. But, yeah, I think it's been an up and down year for Getzey. He definitely deserves some credit, though. Uh, you know, this was an interesting game plan. There was clearly, uh, you know, they had an agenda in this one, and it's fine. But even if you're, you know, reigning back fields is rushing, and you're going to call more of a more conservative game, you still don't have to revert back to like uber conservative Luke Getze. every time you get across the fifty or into field goal range. It's like it's okay to go try to score touchdowns, guys. That's it's totally fine. Uh, Getsy definitely has room for development in that regard. Uh, all right, yeah, we mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Let's hear from him here coming up next. But first, let's get some fantasy advice from the This
2: is the typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for Week 14. Detroit Lions quarterback Jared Goff versus the Minnesota Vikings. The former Ram has thrown multiple touchdowns in three of his last five games and has at least 20 fantasy points in consecutive outings. Back in the Week 3 meeting versus the Vikes, he threw for 277 yards, one touchdown, and a pick. Minnesota has allowed quarterbacks to average 24 fantasy points per game in 2022 as the fourth weakest defense of the position. Even Mike White and Mac Jones have exceeded that mark versus the Vikings in the last two games. With six teams on a bye, Goff is a a rock solid quarterback one. Carolina Panthers running back Deontay Foreman at the Seattle Seahawks. Foreman sat out of practice Wednesday with a foot injury, but he's expected to play, according to his head coach. The Panthers have fed Foreman at least 24 carries three times in the last five weeks, but has scored just once in the last four games. Carolina returns from its bye week with Sam Darnold once again under center to face a Seattle unit that has been trampled by running backs in 2022. So we can consider 80 rushing yards and a touchdown to be a remarkably safe floor. This matchup ranks as the eighth easiest opponent for rushing yards allowed per game since Week 8, and it's number four in terms of ease of scoring touchdowns on the ground by the position. Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Mac Hollins at Los Angeles Rams. His role has increased of late, but he has just one touchdown grab since week seven in his top 10 PPR points in half of his appearances over that time frame. The Rams have given up the most receptions per game to the position in the last five weeks, and only three teams have allowed more receiving yards over that span. Hollins makes for a sound option as a flex play in deeper leagues to help cover the enlarged slate of buy teams. New England Patriots tight end Hunter Henry at Arizona Cardinals. The best Matchup of the year by a decent margin offers hope for Henry to not be a lineup anchor as he has been most of the year. He posted three catches for 63 yards and a touchdown against the Vikings in week 12, but everything else since week 6 has been far from memorable. Arizona has granted tight ends the most yards and catches per game since week 8 as well as in 2022, and the position has found Pager nine times on the year. Six teams on a bye make Henry a much more palatable play. For more award winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out the huddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fan Fantasy Minute: Win your fantasy football league with the huddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Tipico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Tipico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at slash podcast That's slash podcast See for terms and conditions. 21 plus only. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado.
0: Some special moments uh, throughout your career in this building, and then on the two-point conversion to Mercedes—a nice little salute to the crowd. Uh, what was that one about?
1: You never know when it's going to be your last one. Uh, you know, I got great fans here in Chicago, but it truly has been a second home for me. We've had a lot of big wins here over the years, a lot of great moments uh, with Kobe and with so many other guys over the years. So it's fun to come back here, get a win, and uh, let the fans know I'm still here. There's Aaron Rodgers after the game, Alyssa. Just uh, I just wanted to play that sound uh, in case you hadn't heard it, and just to rile you up a little bit. What do you think there? What do you think in there as you're hearing Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> we can only hope that the man doesn't retire, so we get another shot at him, right? Is that what? You, how, oh. how, what are you thinking as you hear those? That you know that clip.
0: Yeah, that was the first time I heard that because I went right to work um, doing all the post game stuff afterwards. But oh God, I cannot stand that man. <laughs> it's
1: like a second home to me. He <laughs> second says
0: second home. Ew.
1: I really, I really love playing here. It's like it's like a second home for me. And yeah, I, I think reporters after the game it, back inside. That was on the field post game with the broadcast. And he went inside with reporters. They asked him if he still owns the Bears. He said, uh, "I guess he paused and said." after that so rogers is giving it to you a little bit he is 24 and 5 against the bears in his career so whatever i guess rogers gets to do his ass shaking right uh we also had jair alexander calling uh his former teammate equinadia st brown a scrub (laughs) listen he said he couldn't believe that scrub caught a long pass on him so the Packers were definitely doing some uh some smack talking after the game really feeling great about themselves uh, about beating this Bears team that is just like decimated by injuries and has like basically nothing left on defense. And I thought competed pretty damn well and had the Packers on the ropes there for a little while. They could have just freaking kept it together there at the end. But of course, we all knew what was happening as Rodgers started to get it going. We knew, we knew what was coming. But all we could say, Alyssa, I guess, is let's hope Rodgers is back in 2023. He kind of hinted that he might, this might be the end. I doubt it. Uh, let's hope he's back in 2023 and the bears have a legitimate shot to like get the upper hand in the rivalry. Cause I think they have a shot next year. They're pretty close there. You could tell it's getting closer.
0: No doubt. Because you look at this game, the Packers barely beat a very bad injury depleted bears team, like barely beat them.
1: They had to try really hard. They were
0: losing for most of the game. And then you look at, you know, the different directions, Aaron Rodgers, right you know it seems i mean his his best days are behind him now justin fields i mean he is just ascending he's going to be a star in this league and it really does feel like a changing of the guard here and it's really exciting because yes the the bears are 3 and 10 not a lot to celebrate there but at the same time it's really hard not to be optimistic about the future because you look at Obviously, with this offseason coming up, you have your franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. You're going to get a shot next year, two more shots at the Packers next year. And, you know, because I remember last year, Justin Fields was asked about the rivalry. And, you know, he came from, you know, Ohio State, where back then the Buckeyes had dominated uh, Michigan. And then now he comes to this rivalry where he's on the losing side. And, you know, he he's played in some big rivalry games. So he re- and he was saying how, you know, things are going to change, sooner. Like, right I don't know what his exact quote was, but he's like, things are going to change here soon. Don't you worry. Meaning that the bears are going to get back on the right side of the rivalry. I mean, before like all of the injuries and, and everything, when you looked at the direction of this Packers team, this was the best chance the bears had to beat them this year. And I mean, they should have honestly beaten them, but I feel like we could look back at this game and be like, okay, maybe that was a blessing in disguise to lose this game because it's going to be beneficial for the future, namely locking up a top three draft pick.
1: That's it. We talked about it last week, right? This isn't the year to beat the Packers. Let's do it next year. Because right now, Alyssa, yeah. as we now move on to the important stuff as we head into the bye week, let's talk number two overall draft pick, right? That's where the Bears are slated to pick. <laughs> this loss to the Packers helped uh in, in in that in that plight, right? Now the Bears are having a hard time keeping up with Houston. Who? What? They've benched the starting quarterback. If you want to call Davis Mills a good starting quarterback, or what? I don't know. But they're they're in full tankathon mode. If you want to see what tankathoning is, it's it's Houston. They've now lost seven in a row. I think the Bears are creeping up on them though. Right? Where are we at now, Alyssa? It's six, six in a row. In a row now. Six. six. Yeah, six. It's six. Oh man. Six. Yeah, rough. And it feels like they've been playing good ball. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> they've lost six in a row. Yeah. The Bears. That's crazy. The Texans. They've lost seven in a row. So the Bears can't. They just cannot make up any ground because Houston keeps losing. Uh, so the question is, can the bears hold on to number two overall where they can really have their pick, right? Houston will do what they do. And then the bears can do basically anything. They can grab an edge rusher. They can trade back. They'll have like, just, it'll all be at their fingertips and Ryan polls there. If they're picking number two overall, how sweet would that be? Uh, right now that belongs to the bears because thanks to this late ass bye week, Alyssa, the bears are three and 10. So they're technically ahead of the other sucky three win teams. And we're talking about Denver and the Rams who are both three and nine. So we'll see what happens there. Now, the good news is neither the Broncos nor the Rams probably care all that much about the top of the draft because they don't have their own draft picks in 2023. Seattle has Denver's pick and the lions have the Rams pick. So it's not like those two teams are like tanking or whatever. It seems like the Rams are kind of, but they're they They shouldn't be because they don't have first round picks. And this was actually a good week for the bears. If you're, a fan that roots for the tanking, right? Because uh, and while I do believe the Bears are actually trying to win, there's a bunch of four win teams coming in, including Green Bay that lost. Green Bay lost Vegas. Uh I'm sorry, Green Bay won. I'm I'm sorry, Tanka thought it's like the opposite, right, Alyssa? So Green Bay yeah. won, that's good for the Bears. <laughs> Vegas, Cleveland, Detroit, and Pittsburgh, all four win teams coming in that won. So this uh this is setting up pretty well. It's a long way, a long-winded way of saying, Alyssa. The Bears coming out of the bye week have a legitimate shot, not, not at a playoff berth, right? Which is what, you know, we're all hoping to get to someday. Hopefully someday out of the bye week, we're like, all right, what do we gotta do to make these playoffs? But the Bears actually they have a pretty good path to the number two overall pick, don't they? Coming out of the bye.
0: Yeah, that's a nice little treat, right? I mean, and it's the same week too where the Bears were officially eliminated from postseason contention before the bye. But again, it's a really Ouch. late bye week. Yeah, so I yeah. mean, come on. But yeah, like that number two pick right now. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see because now you have to, with those picks, uh with the with the Broncos and Rams picks, you know, those picks have been traded and they're owned by the uh by the Seahawks and the Lions. So I mean, which the Lions are a team which maybe, you know, I was like, okay, maybe you could trade back because there are going to be a lot of teams, quarterback-needy teams, that might want to trade with the Bears for that number two overall pick and be able to get one of those quarterbacks. So, I mean, it's going to be really interesting uh, to see what Ryan Poles does because, I mean, he did a lot last year considering, I think, when he arrived, the Bears had five or six draft picks and he turned that into what 10, 11 um, just by trading back and, you know, adding some, a lot of those players are starting right now, right. And they're getting opportunities and a lot of them are, and there are quite a few undrafted of rookies that, that started or played significantly uh, in Sunday's game against the Packers. So, I mean, now you're going to give Ryan Poles potentially that top two pick and it'll be really interesting to see uh, what, what he does with that because I mean, there are some impact uh, players up there, Uh, on defense specifically that you know you're looking at but again it depends what are you willing to offer for that pick right because I mean you're going to offer a couple first rounders I mean that's I mean it's gonna be hard to turn that down right and you have you're gonna get that additional pick and you're gonna have some wiggle room so I mean it's gonna be a really exciting offseason I think I I feel and I feel like really bad saying this (laughs) But it's like, I am because I'm still excited for the final four games because Justin Fields, right? And I want to see also what some of these young players, like Jack Stanborn has just been one of my favorite guys to watch outside of Justin Fields over the last month. Um, He's been really good. I think that he's really carving out a starting role for himself next year. I mean, he's been sensational. Um, So, like, aside from, like, watching some of those players, I mean, I'm kind of ready for this season to be done and start looking to the offseason because – I mean, there's going to be a lot of exciting – I mean, free agency is going to be exciting. You are going to have, what, $120 million to work with. The draft is going to be exciting. You have a bundle of draft picks, and you have potentially that number two pick, at least right now. And you're going to get to build a team around Justin Fields, and people are going to get healthy. I mean, like, the offseason is going to be really, really exciting. So, I mean, yes, we have four games left, and the Bears – I mean, they they actually have the toughest strength of schedule here – Uh, In in the final month of the season, they have to play what the Eagles, the Bills, the Vikings and the Lions. I have a hard time seeing a win left on that schedule. So they very well could close out the 2022 season with 10 straight losses, but it's not going to be as demoralizing as, you know, that might be elsewhere because you know that this team is trending in the right direction uh, and that better times are ahead. And that starts with fields.
1: Yeah, no doubt. It's not going to feel good in the moment, but come March of next year, it'll start to get fun again for sure. And you know, the Bears are definitely a contender to finish like you said with 3 wins, maybe 4 at most, but they're definitely a contender to finish with 3, Alyssa. Uh which we said coming in so schedule day we said the best case scenario for this team was 7 wins. And they're going to end up with uh 3 or 4. So uh we we got it wrong, right? We got to say we, we, we were we were a little bit too optimistic about this club, but I don't think we could have saw all these injuries coming. So, got to give ourselves a little a little leeway there. Uh but we were also right to call to say they weren't making the playoffs. So thank God we didn't do something crazy yeah. like that. Like I've seen some of you Bears fans out there, Bears fan, I I know some of you were going through the path when Fields lit it up there, started lighting it up. You were talking playoffs. Come on. Uh, so yeah, Philly and Buffalo, those are L's. So that that should help the cause here. At Detroit, the Lions have won four of five. They just hung 40 on Jacksonville. That could easily be another loss. Right, Alyssa, as you said. And then the Vikings game, I think that's going to be an interesting one, too. If you do lose these next three after the bye, where are the Vikings going to be uh, in that last week? Are they going to be fighting for playoff positioning? Are they going to have it all locked up? Are they going to have any reason to play all their starters? Like, what's that game going to look like? You know, so that Minnesota game, there's, there's a few things going. I think Detroit division game, even on the road, you could beat Detroit, even though I would probably expect them to be favored. And... uh the Vikings game, there's some circumstances swirling around that one where who knows who the Vikings will have out on the field. But I think, you know, the Bears should definitely finish with three or four wins at most, and that should keep them inside the top three, I would think. Now, the Broncos are going to be tied with the Bears at 3-10 and 10 at least because the Broncos play Kansas City this weekend, and Denver is just so, so, so bad. They're so bad. Uh, so there'll be some contention here, but you know I guess... As we're getting crushed by teams like Philly and Buffalo here down the stretch, just remember, better things are ahead. The Bears are solidifying a very, very good draft pick, and they're going to have so many options at their fingertips. Remember, Alyssa, when San Francisco traded like three first-round picks or something and more just to get up there in the top three because they wanted their quarterback? Yes,
0: to number three, yeah.
1: Weird things happen in the top three picks in terms of trades. So just it's all at Ryan Polz's fingertips. We'll have to see what happens there, but we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about heading into the bye week What's what, why should fans still be watching? Alyssa, we'll leave it here. Cause I know you have to go get, you have to go get your Christmas shopping done. We have to, we have to stop recording here. What should fans be watching here with four, four games left? You, you wrote this post on bears wire. Why should fans still be invested for these final four games that we, we both don't think are going to go well for the bears.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously it starts with Justin Fields. I mean, he is the reason that we're all watching I mean that's what you know thinking about when Fields got hurt I was like man I felt like they should shut him down and at the same time I was like man because that's the reason you want to keep watching you want to see what he's going to do next you want to see him continue to take those steps forward in his development and continue to ascend and be one of those uh just electrifying players in the NFL but you know it, it seems like they have a good game plan for him right to really help him uh help help him in that left shoulder and that means hey throwing the ball more which hey it's a novel concept I'm ready for it let's go because he really showed that he could do that against a really good um passing defense against Green Bay so I mean Justin Fields is the top reason and the top thing to be watching uh here coming out of the bye week and I think too obviously like like you discussed Ryan is you know following that top draft pick like I mean, because, you know, there are some other teams that are, you know, around the Bears. And ev- I feel weird saying this, but every loss counts, right? Scoreboard and that's watching. thing yes. at this point, because... Yes. <laughs> Every loss counts, and like you're not, you're out of playoff contention. Like I, it kind of felt like I, I'm not gonna ever say that a player is gonna be okay with losing, but kind of even like hearing listening to Justin Fields like in his post game presser, and like it just kind of sounded like you know they still ha- or Matt Eberflus, they, Matt Eberflus, they still kind of have the same mentality. It doesn't feel like they're entirely deflated as you would as, like, a Matt Nagy team that lost six straight was. I mean, because they know that brighter times are ahead. So, I mean, like, hey, you're going to lose some, and it's going to help you in the long run. So, I mean, yeah, so obviously watching where the Bears land with that draft pick because, I mean, like, one win can mess the whole thing up because especially if you want to trade down I mean, there's a huge difference between a top three draft pick and like a top six. So, I mean, yeah. and especially when you talked about Ryan, about how about um, how the 49ers gave up three first rounders to move up and get Trey Lance in the same draft where they could have had Justin Fields. So thank you for not taking him. Always going to be I'm going to be thanking those teams that picked ahead of the Bears and got a quarterback. Um, so thank you, Jacksonville. Thank you, Jets. Uh, thank you, San Francisco. Really appreciate you. Um, but yeah, so Justin Fields is the Justin Fields and that draft pick are the top two things, but also, you know, we're talking about watching Justin Fields here in the last month, but you know, there are a lot of young players too on this roster, uh, that, I mean, they've been really exciting to watch. They haven't garnered as much attention as Justin Fields. And like I mentioned earlier, Jack Sanborn is the number one for me. I mean, he's just, he's really impressive. I mean, for someone who wasn't drafted, which I'm still shocked, you know, coming out of Wisconsin, uh, growing up a Bears fan, you know, it's kind of like, you know, how many former Bears uh, Bears fans are on this team right now? I think it's him, Cole Komet, uh, and Michael Schofield, one of the offensive linemen. Um, but yeah, Jack Sanborn's been really impressive with his instincts and just how he hits and like even in coverage this week. I mean, he's a really exciting player. And then you look at, I mean, I have to give uh, props to Uh, The Bears secondary, uh, especially the young guys this week, because Jalen Johnson was the only starter in this game game in the secondary. And I was like, oh, God, the Packers are going to put 50 on him like easily. But no, 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 that didn't happen. Jalen Jones, uh, Josh Blackwell, uh, DeAndre Houston Carson, Elijah Hicks. Like those guys really stepped up this week. So, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm really a little. I'm a little worried about Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker, who they missed two games with a concussion. And you know, some people are like, "Well, do you just shut them down at this point?" I mean, we'll see if, what once. The, but if they're able to come back, obviously, watching them. Uh, Valus Jones has been a, obviously been a disappointment this year. You still want to see what some of these other rookies are giving you as well. Braxton Jones has been pretty good at left tackle this year. I mean, there's a lot of players outside of Justin Fields to watch. You know, and Nikhil Harry is one of mine too, Brian. I know your buddy. Uh, I, got it. I mean, he hasn't done much. He hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities. He was a healthy scratch in a couple of games, but I mean, he's made some plays and I, I want to see more of him. This is the perfect opportunity to see what you have in some of these guys. Do you bring him back or do you let him walk? Because again, there's going to be a, a lot of roster turnover this off season.
1: Oh, if you're looking to tank for, for a good draft pick, Alyssa, you <laughs> should put the <Nikhil laughs> Harry out there. No, no, no. Nikhil's doing fine. I think it's been a good change of scenery for him. After you know he really struggled to catch the football as a Patriot, let's just put it that way. But uh, you know, my Patriots were the team that spurred Justin Fields on to uh, notoriety, right? He just took off. I appreciate it. The Bears came to Foxborough and just put the dagger in the Patriots, and then Fields turned into uh, you know he he might be the MVP next year at this this rate. You know he's out of control, all thanks to that whatever happened in that game in Foxborough. That's that's still a mystery. I'll have to do some more uh thinking on that one, Alyssa. That one was uh that was wild. But yeah, no. All great points. I think uh, the young talent, Fields, Sanborn, uh the rookies on defense, even Vailus Jones, I think it's all good stuff. Okay, Harry too. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh yeah, all, all that's good <laughs> stuff. It, there's there's plenty of reason to watch, and and there's plenty of reason to scoreboard watch as well. Enjoy the young talent on the Bears, enjoy Justin Fields, and root for teams like the Broncos and Rams to lose. That's pretty much or or I'm sorry. To win, you're you're now fans. I always do that with the tanking. Damn, uh, I do hate tanking, but <laughs> yeah, you want the Broncos and the Rams to win, and uh, some of these other teams that are around them to to win as well, and to keep winning and get away from us, so we can have the number two pick and uh, prosper. So there, that is. Uh, that's- I love. I love. <laughs> Good.
0: Yeah, I know. I love how you mentioned the tanking about how you're getting it, but like it's a great idea. Right. Like once you're at this point of the season, kind of like, you know, I'm in Florida. So like I, we got a lot of the snowbirds down here in the winter. And I as a kid, I was like, man, what are they doing? Like you'd make fun of the, the, the snowbirds and the old people coming down here in the winter time. But then like as I got older, I'm like, wow, I mean, that's actually really smart. Like, why would you stay in the cold when you can come down here in Florida where it's nice and hot? So like, hey, if you're in a position to tank and you really don't need to do much outside of just, you know, play because your roster is depleted. I mean, go for it. Like tanking is a good thing. If, especially when you don't have to really do anything.
1: Exactly. And Alyssa, I will be thinking of you now as I go outside with my dog and freeze my ass off here out in New England. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. Th- thanks for reminding me that I should be in Florida. I got to head
0: south.
1: Oh my God. I got to head south. Holy crap. All right. So wh- wh- where are you starting? I know you're going out Christmas shopping, Alyssa. Got to get that done. I do have mad respect for you going out in person, going actually into the crowds, into the parking lots, into the stores, and you're, you you get that you get some of that stuff done that way, right? Where are you heading? Bed Bath and Beyond.
0: Oh my God! You like there at that Bath and Body Works, <laughs> little TJ Maxx, the Target.
1: Okay. Um, so you, so I you're mean, like the, I do a lot of my malls. shopping on yeah.
0: Amazon, but. Yeah, I mean like I, I it's it's nice. Uh but then I'm like, okay, some places you have to you have to go to some places. You, you can't just all shop on Amazon. They have mostly everything, but you gotta mix it up a little bit. But I normally do start regretting my decision to go out when I pull in the parking lot and there's no spots and I have to park and tip up too. Yep. Um so but I still go in because I already drove there. Uh, So I'm trying to beat the crowd. I'm trying to do this early, right? We're talking Ryan, you know, we sometimes, you know, just like you, I'm a little late with buying gifts, so I'm trying to get them done early. It's a bye week, right? I'm taking advantage of the late bye week. So, like, it's not necessarily nice for the bears, but it's good for me. So now, like, I have a little extra time that I can take advantage of, and it's not, like, back in October or November. So, yeah, I'm going to just, I'm going to try to, try to get some stuff done early, <laughs> take advantage while the bears are doing self-scouting the bye week I am Christmas shopping. <laughs> I love it.
1: I'm rooting for you. Good luck out there. I know it's uh it's, it's definitely, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a, it's, it's a war of attrition out there when you're Christmas shopping with the crowds. And and I do, I, I, I appreciate that because me a couple days before Christmas Eve, I'll be like, Oh crap, there's still X, Y, Z I have to do. And out I go into the, into the trenches, right Alyssa. So there, there that is. So good luck out there. And uh, and to folks listening, thanks for joining us this week. Make sure you're checking out uh, Bears Wire during the bye week. Alyssa, you probably you guys probably have all kinds of content coming on uh, Bears Wire throughout the uh, bye, right? Is there any? Any big stories you're working on?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just because the Bears are on a buy. I never am on a buy, by the way. Of
1: course
0: not. <laughs> uh, always working. But yeah, we're, we have a lot of fun stuff coming up. We're going to have our first mock draft. Uh, right. Like, I'm surprised we didn't start earlier. But I'm like, let me wait to the bye week. I mean, just so, you know. I don't know. Like it was a nice excuse, you know. we to be uh, doing some previewing for the next season, um, taking, doing some rookie grades, taking a look at this rookie class and the undrafted rookies, and uh, seeing how they've done. So, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff coming up. So, uh, it won't be as populated as usual because we don't have a game, but trust, we will have plenty of coverage during the bye week. Uh, and I really hope that Bears fans get have a nice. Um, relaxing weekend watching uh, football and not having to worry about the bears
1: <laughs> and not having to look at Aaron Rodgers' stupid face. Right. So there's that. Yeah. That's it. That Wait,
0: they're on a buy too. So that is perfect.
1: Oh, that's Packers a great, are on a I don't yeah. have to look at him. Just a perfect, I'm good. Just, a, just a perfect one. So, <laughs> so Christmas there it is. Early. Yeah. So there it is. Plenty going on on bears wire. Check it out. Support Alyssa in the staff. If you can, they do a great work. I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll be back next week with some to- type of podcast, right? Alyssa, we'll come up with something for the people. And we'll be back next week to do that. Oh, yes. And until then, bear it out.